0: We will focus on all aspects of the perinatal period with special attention to reducing our maternal mortality rate. This podcast is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health.
1: Welcome to the Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. I am Karen Skatsina, the Infant Medical Director of TIPQC. One of the things that I like so much about these podcasts are the interesting people we get to have conversations with about topics that can help us improve care for mothers and babies, not only in Tennessee, but anywhere else where this podcast is being listened to. Today's discussion will feature Dr. Vandapadai, affectionately known as Dr. B. Dr. B is an OBGYN and the Deputy Chief Medical Director at TenCare. Dr. B has been a longtime friend of TIPQC, as well as to our moms and babies in Tennessee. In her role at TenCare, Dr. B has recently overseen a new Care benefit for outpatient lactation services. We are excited to talk to her today about this. Again, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Can you share a little more about your career and what sparked your interest in the field of OBGYN and, and now working at Care? Sure.
2: Well, I started off as a baby doctor, not knowing what field of medicine I wanted to go into. And one of the things that drew me to obstetrics and gynecology was the, the breadth and the field of patients that you get to see. You have adolescents who, you know, might have Acne problems or hormonal and menstrual cycle problems, all the way up to a postmenopausal individual and the full spectrum in between there. And the fun part is you can see generations. So you can see grandmas and their children and their children. So that, that full breath was really of interest to me. And as, as well as the breadth of medical knowledge that you have to have in the field because you're both. We split medicine into two categories, medicine and surgery. And in the field of OBGYNs, you have to do both. So you are taking care of the surgical needs of individuals from C-sections with delivery all the way to major pelvic surgeries, exonerations in oncology and beyond. And you're often taking care of their medical aspects as well. So when an individual is pregnant, you might be doing their hypertension medications or diabetes or other endocrinology. You don't typically hand those off to someone else during that particular time of their life. And so you have to have a really wide breadth of knowledge,
1: which was of interest to me. Wonderful. I remember long ago when I was trying to decide on my career path, I definitely considered OBGYN. And now you're making me think again, oh, to take care (laughs) of moms. But I'm... a. A pediatrician. One of the nice things about the field of medicine is you can take on different roles. Could you talk a little bit more about your role at TenCare and how that complements your career as an OBGYN? Well,
2: the pull to move into policy was really because And Many of our our fellow physicians have experienced this. There's not really a handbook to practicing outside of your residency and navigating the business of medicine, navigating how to become a, a private practitioner, how to get credentialed, how to get contracted. There's kind of a gap there. And so one of the things that at first interested me was to be someone who's in a role that can be that one who helps navigate other physicians and other providers. Mm-hmm. That's not what I do 100% of my time, but it's something that I absolutely love to do in this role at 10Care, where you know, I get outreach from anyone who has my email address and says, hey, I saw this prior authorization on this drug. Can you Can you help? Can you help me understand it? There's actually this other clinical criteria out there, but it's not being utilized here. Can you help me understand that? And that kind of feedback is also really helpful to ten care because we might say, you know what, we are missing something here. This has changed or this is used in this way. We need to look at the criteria that has been set. So I love bridging our providers and physicians out there from a how do we get contracted position all the way to navigating the actual benefits as well.
1: Well, and we so appreciate you for that. As a Tennessean, I also want to thank you for all the work that Ten Care has done over the past couple of years benefiting moms and babies. I wondered if you could tell us more about that. For instance, the extension and expansion of, of benefits to women after pregnancy.
2: Well, there's no doubt there's a renewed focus on maternal health across the nation, maybe across internationally as well. And here at Care, we we always strive to figure how can we improve our reach? How can we improve our benefits where there's still gaps in what we're providing today? And of course, we can't always do what we want to do. We are a, a state agency. And of course, dollars also come to mind when you're talking about new benefits But we do try to push the needle where possible. And one of those was the extension from a routine postpartum coverage, which was outlined in CMS guidelines as 60 days to the full one year. There is no magical point at which the postpartum period ends. We know that now, you know, it's not like your 60 day arrives and you were postpartum yesterday and today you're not. It's a spectrum. It's a continuum. And so it's great that everyone is recognizing that from every professional body all the way to CMS. And so when we were already on a path to make this change and when CMS made it allowable through changes in in the public health emergency, we went ahead and said, this is what we want to do. We've been ready and geared up for this change. And so now all of our Medicaid moms do have coverage up to the full 12 months. That includes moms who didn't have a live birth necessarily. So, if you have a miscarriage or a loss, you still have one year of, of benefits after that. And around the same time, we were also looking at a gap in coverage with our, our dental benefits. So, at the time, only children at 10 care had dental coverage. And again, today we do have full adult coverage, but there was kind of a a stair step to get there. And that stair step was to first extended to our, our pregnant and postpartum moms. And so they did gain dental benefits, of course, recognizing the impact of dental hygiene during pregnancy, in fact, Preterm labor is actually associated with or dental hygiene. And so there are benefits to both mom and baby by, by advancing those benefits. So we're really excited to do that. And of course, the next year we then sought to extend that to all adults. And we were able to secure the funding for that
1: benefit as well. So today, all adults do have dental benefits on 10 care. This is just tremendous for Tennessee. And now we have the new 10 care outpatient lactation benefits. Can you tell us more about those? I believe those took effect on June 1st. Could you tell us more about those?
2: Again, another gap that we identified, you know, our our mom's, We struggle with breastfeeding after delivery. It's not the ideal, oh, it's going to be easy or a straightforward path. And so a lot of moms after delivery do require some assistance. And the providers who provide that type of assistance can be those for whom it's within their scope of practice. So what that means is you might be a family practitioner, OBGYN, pediatrician, certified nurse midwife, a NPPA for whom it's it's within your scope of practice. But what's special is we also wanted to be able to allow IBCLCs within the network. This has never been done before at 10care. So we wanted to open it up to that particular workforce as well so that our members could go see a IBCLC on their own time after delivery as an outpatient benefit. So that's a big change, both in that we've carved out a separate reimbursable visit for anyone within their scope of service plus IBCLCs. You could have those services in on one-on-one just with a individual. Those services can also be provided as a group setting between two and four people or between five and eight. So if there's a lactation consultant who wants to set up a small course, a small educational breastfeeding course, they could have a a group of five-day individuals. And that's also allowable within this benefit. The other fun things about it is that it doesn't have to be in person. You can also have these visits via telehealth. We certainly recognize the challenges that moms have, you know, getting out of the house in that immediate postpartum period and you're struggling and just saying, Hey, come, you know, have an appointment at at this 3 PM on some day where you don't even know if your child's going to be awake at that time to actually have that visit. doesn't really make any sense. And so we really try to create a benefit that, worked for both the mom, the baby, and the practitioner to support it in multiple scenarios, multiple settings, multiple times to really make sense of that service and, and, and really get good utilization. We want our moms to utilize this benefit.
1: That's amazing. And I love that you have built in that flexibility. So, so for healthcare providers that may be listening today, it sounds like under these new benefits, an um, International Board Certified Lactation Consultant or IBCLC will now be able to bill for services. Are there other types of health professionals that will now be able to bill?
2: Yes. And so I just want to expand on the comments already made about the IBCLC as well. There is one nuance to that. That is the IBCLC who wants to be contracted independently with our managed care organizations does have to have a state license in another area of designation or licensure. So some of those examples include RN, dietitian, speech therapist, but they do have to have a, a licensure given by the Tennessee state. That is part of, of our MCO policy. And so we're not going to get into the, the nuances of that today, but do want to also add there are other subgroups who can Contract and work under supervision of uh, one of those other areas. So, a IBCLC who has another licensure or an IBCLC who does not have another licensure can work under the supervision of a in-network provider. So, for example, if I am an in-network provider with Amerigroup, Blue Care, United Healthcare, then I could employ an IBCLC and they could provide the service underneath me. Two other groups that can provide the services in the same way are certified lactation counselors and certified lactation educators. I would also add that this is an area that we're still exploring and learning more about. And so there might be changes that come to that policy in the future. But at this time, those are the groups that can provide the benefit to our members.
1: That's very helpful information. You recently did a webinar outlining the benefits. Are there additional resources We could put links in the show notes, for instance, for people who would like more information or, as you mentioned, as more information is available. Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned
2: earlier that we um, created a benefit that really has flexibility around when you can provide the services, how long the services are provided for. We get a lot of great questions around, well, what if there's twins how do I bill for that? Who do I bill under? So there are quite a few nuances to a benefit that's really for two people, both baby and mom, and sometimes there's more than one baby. So there's quite a few details that we included in that webinar around how to be reimbursed. so that means what are the codes we want you to use? How do you submit your claim? If you're an individual who's contracted, How do you submit your claim? If you're not contracted and you're working under a supervising provider. Quite a few details in that webinar, so I'll certainly make that available. We also included some other information just around 10 care benefits because one of the gaps that we see frequently is wanting to make sure that our providers, the ones who are interfacing with our members, have all the information available to them regarding other questions they might receive. So for instance, am I eligible for care management? I'm looking for this other service. How do I find it? Or is breast pump um, covered for me? Or will I have a breast pump, but I need to replace the tubing for my last pregnancy? Is that covered? So there's quite a few other just general 10 care related questions that we wanted to include in there just for the general knowledge of the individual who's going to be providing this care.
1: Wonderful. So we've we've talked about providers of these new covered services and some of the details about the benefits. What impact do you think this will make for our Tennessee families?
2: Yeah, great question. So we recognize that initiation of breastfeeding really starts before delivery. By the time a mom has gone in for delivery, they've kind of already made up their mind if they're going to even try. So we're hoping by having this as a benefit, we're going to be able to reach more people, have more conversations about breastfeeding, the challenges you might face, preparing them, you know, just having the education at their fingertips when you're mentally prepared for what might come can often change that just breastfeeding initiation upon delivery. So tell us what are benefits of breastfeeding? So there are multiple benefits for both mom and baby. We know that breastfed babies have a lower risk of asthma. They have a lower risk of obesity, type one diabetes, And also sudden infant death syndrome, also known as SIDS. Breastbed babies are also less likely to have ear infections and stomach bugs, which we know, you know, impact mom and dad as well. And they come home from the daycare or school and unable to to stay there when they have those ailments. And then on um, mother's side, breastfeeding can reduce mom's risk of breast and ovarian cancer, her risk of type 2 diabetes and her risk of high blood pressure. So all around good reasons for both mom and baby if they're able to, um, you know, maintain that breastfeeding relationship. And certainly from there, it's not an easy road for a lot of moms. And so we hope that it will be able to maintain breastfeeding longer. So, of course, there are certain drop-offs that occur. So even among breastfeeding mothers, you know, there might stop at first two to three weeks, first six weeks. And there is a, a recent recommendation change. From the American Academy of, of Pediatrics that says, you know, breastfeeding is recommended up to two years of age. That sounds like a really long time for a lot of a lot of women, but we know that we do need to make sure that women have additional support to be able to make it to those goals if that's what they're that they want to have in mind.
1: I love that focus on supporting mothers and in, in families goals. And there's certainly evidence out there that it's beneficial, like you said. Through that two year of age mark, if if that's what mom and baby want to do. So, how do you recommend that families find an outpatient lactation professional that support that they need? Well, the
2: benefit just went live on 6-1. What that means is if we have someone who is in network today, like yourself, who you know you believe this is within this your scope of practice. You can start providing that benefit today and actually bill for it. On the flip side, we recognize it's going to be some time before we have lactation consultants on board, contracted with a robust network of of lactation consultants. So today, our members may not be able to pick up the phone and say, I want to see an IBCLC in my area because again, we're recruiting, we're hoping to also increase numbers in the workforce, you know, when, when it becomes a benefit, we're hoping to see more people actually want to become IVCLCs. So there's going to be a, a ramp up period as we grow that network and get more lactations into, into our network. Today, if you're interested in having this benefit, the first thing I would do is just call that number on the back of your card, whether that's Amerigroup, Blue Care United, and ask them. Ask them who's someone local that you know is providing the service today. This may not be an IVCLC; it might be a, someone like a yourself, a pediatrician, that they can connect you with.
1: Again, that'll be a growing new resource for Tennessee families. It sounds like. But we also have the Tennessee Breastfeeding Hotline. That's another existing, wonderful resource for families and providers. Our previous podcast, number 84, spotlighted the hotline. That number is 1-855-423-6667. Is there anything else you'd like to share today about the hotline or any other resources important for health professionals or families to know about?
2: Yes, we also highlighted the hotline in our lactation webinar as well because we recognize not everything goes from 9 to 5 during the day. And so for
1: for
2: who need help, in between those those hours, um, that hotline is, is a great resource. The other things that we'd like to highlight is also... When you have a question related to ten our all of our MCOs have robust networks prepared to be able to navigate our members. So don't ever hesitate when there is that question of what's available to this individual, what's available to my client, to just call that MCO that they have and ask that question of them. That is what they're there for. They're, help, they're there to help navigate the care for our members. So please don't hesitate to call them when you do have other questions.
1: Wonderful. I also wanted to mention that as part of this expansion of services, TIPQC will be helping to provide scholarships for health professionals interested in pursuing the lactation training that you described. We will put together information for inclusion in the show notes and Our aim is that these new opportunities will help to further expand the workforce in Tennessee for lactation support and access to needed services for families. So we're very excited for that opportunity as well. Thank you so much, Dr. B, for speaking with me today. Any final closing thoughts?
2: I just want to say it was a pleasure to be with you here today. And I mentioned at the beginning that one of the things that I, I truly enjoy doing is helping navigate other people through the medical system. And so if you, any listeners on this call ever do need that kind of assistance, you're more than welcome to reach out
1: to me. Well, that is an amazing offer. Thank you. One more question for you. Are there any quotes you think of often or live your life by?
2: There's one that I thought of that someone said to me, I I did have a pandemic baby. And so I went through this process, you know, during a, a weird time. And one person gave me a quote that rings true, especially with today's podcast. And that is, breastfeeding is not always easy,
1: but it's always worth it. I love it. Thank you again. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby, Tennessee, presented by TipQC. TipQC is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby, Tennessee is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Do you have ideas for a future guest or topic or even have a question you would like answered on upcoming episodes? Visit www.tipqc.org. That's T-I-P-Q-C and click on podcast to submit suggestions and questions to our podcast team. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to be the first to know when new episodes are available and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube to stay in the loop with our active projects and other relevant news relating to perinatal health in Tennessee.